Hi guys, today is joined on the podcast by Stuart Edwards. Stuart is the current Harriet's Rugby Super 6 head coach in Scotland. He's also Stuart's Melville College's head of rugby and he's also been involved in coaching Scotland under 18s and 16s. We speak a lot about dealing with pressure in rugby, how important it is to enjoy rugby, some lessons he's learned from coaching and much more. I find this really interesting and I hope you do too. How did it sort of affect you growing up as your dad being a rugby coach? Um... It was good and bad. Like the good bits were that I had somebody to um, to ask and to to go to for advice. Someone that I knew I could trust in terms of the fact that they'd been through the system and it, it had a hell of a lot of expertise. But it was also quite, I used to find it quite tough as a kid when he was watching because I felt under pressure. Not pressure that he put on me by any means. Like he, he didn't ever say to me, you better play well, you need to play well. He was always really supportive, but just as a kid and the level of mental maturity that I had at the time, I, I found it really hard. I found it really tough um, to play in front of him to the point where I'd rather he never came at some, you know, when I was really young, like maybe like 15, 16, I, I, I probably felt at more ease when he wasn't there. But then now, or towards the latter end of my playing, I loved him being there because I never felt that and I'd, I'd kind of managed to understand how my brain worked around that because there was never any pressure from him. Um, uh, although he was really successful in that in that part of the part of his career, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's not an uncommon uh, situation. A lot of people have the same the same feelings, I'd imagine. Yeah. Why did you put so much pressure on yourself? I don't know. Like, that's, that's something that I that I kind of got to when I started coaching. It was something that really motivated me to push the players to actually enjoy playing. Um, I certainly never enjoyed a lot of my rugby as a kid. Looking back on it, probably that. The performance years from like 16 to 20, when it became a bit more serious, I certainly went in my shell in terms of my, my enjoyment. Uh, I felt a lot of pressure internally, put a lot of pressure on myself to do well, potentially because it was socially, um, you know, socially pretty common in my group. I had a lot of friends doing really well, um, who still are doing really well, but I never actually enjoyed doing it which I really regret because now when I'm coaching and one of the things I say to every every team of mine and before we play is make sure you enjoy it make sure you actually enjoy playing because if you break it down to what it is it's just a game right you're playing a game and games should be fun uh, and you work hard through the week to to make sure you get the best out of that game at the weekend but yeah I don't know why I did I don't know what the what the reason was but uh, I certainly use that now as a as a motivation to make sure the people I do coach are enjoying it because there's not much point in doing it if not. Do you think it did you any good at all, like putting that much pressure on yourself? Uh, <clears throat> probably in terms of like, made me work harder uh, and made me work hard to try and achieve what I wanted to achieve. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, probably not. I remember put, like playing poorly on a Saturday and then still being still being annoyed at myself Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then. As of Thursday, I might have got over that, and then I play well on the next Saturday, and then I'm, next week's great. But then I play poorly the week after that, and you start to learn that like you can't, your life isn't determined by how well you play the weekend. You as a person isn't determined by how well you play the weekend. Um, so that's where I've kind of got to now. Of like, as long as I work hard through the week, and as long as I do everything I can do through the week, yeah, as a as a process. And if the outcome is a Saturday, then as long as I've got my process right then whatever the outcome is on Saturday, then I can, I can live with that. And I'll start again. Um, 
Whereas before, I never had that kind of structure in my my, my mind or my, my or my weekly um, kind of training and, and preparation. Yeah. Did you find it hard when so like your friends are obviously they might they might be progressing in rugby and then you might miss that step? Did you find that hard? Um, yeah, initially, <clears throat> initially I found it pretty tough. Like you know, three of my three of my best mates, two of them who I lived with at the time were. You know, kicking on to uh, bigger and better things to Glasgow and Edinburgh and Scotland Sevens, Scotland uh, Full International. And to be honest, I, I never ever thought, oh man, I wish I was them. I never ever ever begrudged them for doing so well. I was super proud of them. And they were, you know, they were my mates and my best mates. And I was so happy for them that I never, I never ever thought, oh, I wish that was me instead of them, for example. But yeah, it was tough sometimes because I, I wish, I wish that. Or I wished then that I was I was doing the same thing, but if I look back and I probably never worked as hard as I could have either. So I never actually committed to it like they did, um, and it's probably because I didn't enjoy it as much. But towards the end, once I stopped enjoying it as much, I probably stopped working as hard. Other things became more um, appealing. You know, I went to university and enjoyed that element of life, and um, I don't regret it at all. Like I'm really happy with how my life's panned out, and I'm really happy that I've kind of came down this path of coaching. Um, you know, the other side of it is now at 31, some of my friends who went into pro rugby um, are now looking at what's next, right? What, what What's next for them? Now, they've, they're obviously smart guys and they've got an educational background behind them, but they're kind of starting afresh now, or they will be starting afresh in the next three or four years, whereas I'm now 10 years down the line in terms of my career. So different parts of your life, there's different benefits to doing different things. And, you know, they, they certainly got the the... the professional um, dream if you like early on and they've done really well and I'm, so I'm really proud of them but they, they're going to have to move into, into working life soon enough as well and it will just be a different different challenge different parts of your life different timelines so yeah there's no script is there you've, got to, you've just got to um, back the path that you're on I suppose and work hard at it yeah I think that's really interesting I think a lot of people so you said you, like, you put so much pressure on yourself but you also could have worked harder so like do you know, that's kind of like a contradiction. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And that's the thing. Like, I think when the pressure came on, uh, or when I started to feel the pressure, I never actually enjoyed it. So if I wasn't enjoying it, I wasn't working very hard or I wasn't working as hard. Now, I also didn't know what hard work looked like then either compared to how I do now. So I probably thought I was working hard at the time. You know, mm. I probably thought I'm working really hard here. But really, now I'm 10 years down the line, I actually understand what working hard looks like. Um, I worked hard in training I worked hard when I was in the gym I probably didn't work as hard when I was off the pitch um, I probably enjoyed myself a bit too much I uh, probably enjoyed socialising too much um, but then again I don't regret that either because that's who I am and that's the, pe- the people I met through that are again these people I shared those experiences with have been awesome and I spent some time in Canada and got to know loads of great mates over there that I'm still friends with and I, I don't regret the life experiences that I had but at the time, I thought I was working hard, but now looking back on it, I probably wasn't working as hard as I could have. Um, but I do, I'm do. i a big believer that if you enjoy something, you'll work harder at it. Um, and if you work harder at it, you'll end up getting the goal that you, you or you'll get closer to the goal you want to achieve. Um, so therefore, if you're not enjoying it as much, then you probably won't, won't work as hard. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't put a finger on why I felt pressure. I think maybe the social the social pressure was one. Um the, the kudos that came with that as a young kid to be playing for, you know, Caledonia under 16, Scotland under 16s, 18s, 20s, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was, 
it's easy to speak about now when you're when you're ten years down the line, but it was I probably couldn't have put a finger on it then, and probably still can't put a finger on why it was that way then either. Um, yeah. But better for it now for sure. Yeah. So when you finished school, you did a year in Canada after. No, so I finished school, went to uni, yeah, NB um, University, uh, with my two of my best mates from back home, and we got a flat in Edinburgh. And <clears throat> those guys are both going into pro rugby at the time, and or at least transitioning into that kind of academy system anyway. Uh, so I spent that first year at school with Scotland, Scotland in the 19s. I captained Scotland in the 19s that year. Um, and the year after that, I played Scotland in the 20s. Went to World Cup with the Nations. Um, but that's probably when it kind of got to the point where I really wasn't enjoying it as much because life was going over directions and I was having other things that interested me in, t- in terms of my teaching career and social way things were changing as well. Um, that's probably the year that I didn't work as hard as I, as I thought I maybe was. Um, but at the same time, there was probably guys there like Duncan Weir, for example, in my position, who a really good mate of mine who was, you know, he was so far ahead of me at that age that there was, was a pretty clear path that he was going to go on the next level, and I probably wasn't. And that was cool with me. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, at that point, I wasn't cut up about that. I was happy for him. Um, you know, and, and he deserved to, to to be where he is now because he's a bloody good man and he's a really good professional. Um, and then after that twenties year, I went to Canada um, for the summer for a few months, and then went back the summer after that again with the view of emigrating over there um, and not coming back uh, or, or not coming back permanently. Um, the aspirations to potential go play for Canada uh, for residency. A friend of mine, Gordy McCrory, did that actually put put against the All Blacks in the World Cup. Um, so there's a bit of me that wonders what if I stayed and did that and we've got Canadian roots as well um, but again I don't regret any of that I've made some great friends and I came back for this job at Stuart's Noble College so it's a bit that's um, brought me here and I, and, I, and I love it here so yeah I, I, I'm a big believer that things things happen for a reason and um, you, you, you can influence your own path as much as you can but some things kind of tend to pan out the way they are for a reason yeah What's your philosophy as a rugby coach? It's a funny one. Like, I think it, I think it evolves. Some people could write it down and give you a five-page um, essay on it. For me, it's really simple. It, the, the way I see coaching is if you know the game uh, and you're a good people person, then coaching becomes relatively easy. Um, so for, for, in order for that to happen, if you break that down into two parts, if you know the game, that means you've got to invest time in the game. So for me, I'm... I'm a big believer I need to spend as much time as I can upskill myself in the, in the game to allow me to coach it properly. Um, and then if you're a good people person, you understand relationships, um, you understand how people function. So as a coach in our, in our arena, that is, how do you relate to the 20 different people in your group? How do you make them all feel part of what you're doing? How do you make them all feel like you respect them, care for them? And that's going to be very different for each person. Um, and then you can have honest conversations on the back of that. Um, and the big bit for me that, that underpins it all is it has to be enjoyable. Um, it has to be fun. Whether that's winning or losing, um, the process of that has to be enjoyable uh, and the environment has to be enjoyable. Um, so that's really me. I, I'm, not, I'm not too deep on it. I, I just believe you've got to, you've got to know, know your stuff. You've got to understand the game and then you've got to be good to the people you work with. Um, if you do that, then... Then you're, you've got a pretty solid, solid basis for what's next. I don't, I don't have a rocket science answer for you that something <laughs> copy and paste because I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that's, that's not me. Yeah. What's the biggest 
lesson you've had since you started coaching? Ooh, good question. Probably the biggest thing I've learned is, and one, well, it probably comes from a regret actually. Um, the year that we won that Scottish Cup final, uh, we didn't put on like four or five of the guys who didn't get on the pitch. Um, and that's my biggest regret in coaching now. Huh. Um, and I've carried that into to my coaching now, um, both at school and at club, rugby in the Super Six. Um, so in the final last year, we were playing Merkison, obviously, and we were losing. Uh, and in the past, I probably wouldn't have, as, as a naive younger coach, may not have put those players on the pitch. Um, because I didn't, don't know, I, I didn't trust them, but I didn't have the confidence in my decision making to do that. Um, and although we lost that final against Merkiston, I, I had a real deep sense of satisfaction. I'd done the right thing by the players. Um, and then in the Super Six now, I think we're probably the only team that has put on every every one of our players in every one of the games. Because if you go back to you talk about philosophy. Um, if you're named in a squad on Saturday, you've worked all week as well. Everyone's worked all week. So whether you're the starting stand-up or you're the stand-up on the bench or the prop, you've worked just as hard as the other person or you've definitely worked hard through that week. Um, and for you not to be rewarded for that hard work through the week, um, I think it's a really poor way of functioning. Now, again, at, at an international level where... You know, lose your job if you don't win X amount of games. Um, you know, you've seen uh, this All Blacks put a standoff on the on the on the pitch for his first cut for sixty five seconds or something. I just think the, the human element of all is is my biggest learning. Like, if people are working hard for you through the week, you need to reward them at the weekend. Um, and that's been my. It's, it's naive in some circles because it's pro, pro game. There has to be an element of cutthroat um, or an element of a cutthroat approach to getting guys on the pitch but in our environment in the school environment in a, in a club environment I think you need to value people's time and that, that goes back to relationships and caring for the people that you're coaching um, and another lesson would be just preparation the importance of preparation um, and that again goes back to process which I spoke about in terms of how I um, I try and kind of break down my week and and uh, mentally reset after a Saturday whereas I think my first couple of years coaching, I never really understood again, like I never understood what hard work looked like. I never understood what um, preparation looked like. So for me, if I can say I've done absolutely everything I have or I can do for a Saturday to be ready, for the boys to be ready, then that lesson is, is, is stuck with me massively. And I'm, I'm determined that we work harder than anybody else um, as a coaching group to allow us to, to look each other in the eye on a, on a Saturday morning and see whatever happens next will be down to the Coming again. Um, so that's probably two big things if we ramble a little bit there. Oh, that's good. Would I be right in saying you care more about the effect you have on people than progressing as a rugby coach? Yeah, at this stage, at this stage, like um, winning's important, but it's not everything. Yeah. Like it can't be, or else uh, rugby's going to stop one day, right? And for all of us and if, you, if all you've ever cared about is winning and not the people then you're going to be in a pretty tough spot when you can't win anymore yeah um, what separates rugby players in your opinion in what respect like 
what what makes a great rugby player? Um, I think it's probably relatively similar to what makes great anything or great anybody. Really, um, you got hard. You got to work hard. You got to understand what hard work hard work looks like. You got to make sacrifices. Um, you've got to understand exactly what you want to achieve. So I, I look at so one of my best friends would be Grant Gilchrist, um, who's one of the guys that I lived together at the start of my university um, times with, and he has obviously went on to play for Scotland, captain Scotland, and uh, you'd, you'd establish him as one of the greatest um, Scottish second rows anyway in the last in the modern era. Uh, you talk about sacrifice and hard work. He wasn't doing what I was doing at 18, 19, 20. He wasn't, he was, he wanted to, to do that, but he was fully committed to, to what his aspirations were. He was, he was still have fun. He still come out now and then and he still do what he wanted to do, but he had, he had hard work and commitment to what he was trying to achieve throughout the whole thing. They've obviously got to be talented, which he was, but he wasn't the most talented. All right. There were, there were guys that were just as talented as him. Um, but he worked harder than them. So that's the hard, the hard work element. If you work hard at something, you commit yourself to that. You make sacrifices around it, um, and you've got an element of talent, and you'd probably be in a decent spot. But I think the big thing is like the the bits you don't see in these great athletes is just what, how much time goes into their their preparation and their recovery and their their their, their general life lives around sport. So how they sleep, how they monitor their sleep, their diet, their nutrition, their the recovery periods. These are the bits that nobody sees. Uh, and these are the bits that if you're consistent with those behaviours you get these guys at the top end staying there for a long time yeah I think that would be, that would be similar to many other sports and, and other walks of life as well yeah so when you make rugby your whole life and rugby's not going well it kind of feels like your whole life isn't going well though yeah yeah so, so it's I think it, it's important to have other things as well so totally. when rugby's not going well your life can still function well yeah, <clears throat> no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, and that's the issue, or not the issue, but it's the challenge of young, aspiring rugby players who who feel like they have to do absolutely everything in their power to be 100% committed to rugby and nothing else in their lives. Um, and as you know, like, rugby's a really competitive sport to get into professionally. There's only two teams in Scotland that are professional. Um, there's only 30 stage three players around the country who are, who are professional academies so the route can be quite difficult and um, that's exactly why there has to be balance um, but at the same time you have to commit to, the, to, to what you want to achieve and sometimes that commitment isn't enough right sometimes the commitment you put in doesn't not, it's not a linear path of commit work really hard and then you achieve what you want to achieve there's obviously speed bumps around that there's there's different constraints on your on your development Um so that that's the challenging bit, right? Where where does the where does the willingness to continue to commit stop or start? Um, at what point do you say, right, I'm not doing this anymore? Um, but yeah, that's where balance is so important. You know, whether you've got something outside the sport, and we've got something, even if you're spending more time with your mates, your family, or your girlfriend, um, just having a bit more time away from rugby. But you can do that as well by 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 condensing your your rugby throughout the week and having set times we're going to work hard at that and then have times you set aside to to not do rugby 
Um, but it takes organisation and structure and discipline, which are the same traits that people need to, to do well, right? Yeah. Have you, have you struggled with that with coaching ever? Is coaching yeah, not going well? Massively. Yeah. It's the biggest challenge for me in my, um, <clears throat> my life at the moment is balance. Does, um, does, it, does it affect the other areas of your life? Yeah, you fully, like... fully. Yeah, more so than I ever did with playing. Um, like I would sacrifice doing an extra session or whatever else to go out and have fun. Like it's nineteen twenty when I was playing. I would sacrifice um, training or whatever else rugby related to go and do something else more appealing as a player for sure. And that's you know probably why, well, one reason why I never quite managed to get to where I wanted to get to with coaching. Uh, it goes back to this process that I've, that I've established in my head, working hard through the week to ensure you've got everything ticked off for the weekend. Coaching now, um, I would say I've got an addiction to working hard and to being to to being prepared. And I don't feel right going into a Saturday if I know that I've not created a previews. I've done my reviews properly before. I've had my kind of pitch map laid out for for the attack. We've not had. The time to spend on a review or to insert new stuff for the week. If I've not done that properly, and I've, if I've cut any corners, I struggle with that in my head, and it gives me real, um, real issues in terms of just trying to switch off. You know, I'm currently, you know, getting getting married next summer, uh, moving house, all these things, and that, you know, the the things that are even more important to me are my fiance, my family, my friends. But sometimes that doesn't come across that way when I'm out of the house for all this time um, or I'm working on my laptop and times when I'm at home and so I just got to have a structure around my week that allows me to to create time for other things um, and work a little bit smarter around the analysis stuff to make sure that I'm um, giving myself time to be a to be a human as well as a coach yeah have you ever stopped enjoying rugby like as co- as a coach, just like nah, nah, nah. It's always the good thing with coaching is you always get something new, right? Like you guys leave at the door, the next group comes in. It's a fresh challenge. Um, the minute I stop enjoying coaching, I'll stop doing it. Um, like I'm not, I'm not. It's not, not the sort of thing that it's not a sort of game that you want to be in if you don't enjoy it because it's a lot of work. Um, but it's rewarding, right? And it's seeing people do well that you've coached and, and seeing people develop off the pitch that you've coached, get through tough times, whatever it's going to be, that, that, that those are the bits that are the most rewarding. And again, those usually aren't even on the pitch. But it doesn't, like, yeah, I've never, never fallen out of love or fallen out of love with the game from a coaching perspective. Yeah. Um, I might do one day, but um, and at that point, I'll definitely, I'll definitely stop. It's interesting. Um, so, Edo, who's been coaching for 10 years later after this, what do you think he's better at than you at the moment? Mm. So me in 10 years' time? Yeah. What do you think he, he looks back at you now and goes, oh, like, you weren't good at that? Spending less time on things that may not have as much of an impact as you think they're going to have. Okay. So work, working smarter, empowering people more around me, Delegating better, um, allowing allowing others to um, to have their voice or their work uh, more widely spread around the group, 
Um, so that mostly means players. So um, be better at empowering players, um, but create an environment where they want to be empowered and want to work. Um, yeah, that'll be a big thing, I think. Okay. And hopefully, well, I find it myself in 10 years' time for how bad some of the things we tried to coach were because the game's moved on, I hope. Okay. Um, a quick last one I like to ask coaches. Where do you th- what do you think rugby looks like in sort of three or four years? Oh, I don't know. Um, more physical, bigger, bigger, um, bigger athletes who can move better. Um, less space on the pitch. Improved defensive systems. Um, so more need for kicking. Hopefully, some sort of variation around the kicking and the, the aerial laws, where they're putting have what players at risk in a 1v1 collision in the air um, but I think that comes down to the fact that there's been a, a massive increase in defensive systems and, and understanding around that area it's forced teams to kick the ball to get the possession back um, and unfortunately you got to kick the ball in the air to do that um, yeah I think there'll be a much bigger focus on transition or not much bigger there already is but I think the game will move into a more transitional state where the ball will change hands regularly um, to allow to allow the teams to break up defences a bit easier um, yeah that's probably where I would where I would go I think the biggest thing that to keep doing is keep making it as safe as possible because people are getting bigger and stronger and more conditioned and the contacts are getting um Harder and harder. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that probably that's probably wrong if we look back on this in three or four years. But um, I hope I'm wrong as well. But that's where yeah. you going. Um, Miguel, thank you so much for that. That was really interesting. No worries.